25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right. Let's do it. Hour number two on this Tuesday. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. I'm wearing my favorite Farm Bureau Insurance hat that Mark Gulen at Farm Bureau uh, in Lee County gave me, and it looks like it's got sweat stains on it, but I mean, I guess that's what it is, but it has been washed. At one point, it did get a little sweaty, but I've washed it. The hat's clean for anybody looking at it on the stream right now. Hat's clean. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, it's a little frustrating, isn't it? People have all yeah. kinds of different remedies for how you ought to get them out, and sometimes you just have to live with it. Just all there is to it. Keep a supply of hats. <laughs> that's right. Just get a new one every now and then. <laughs> that's exactly right thanks for tuning in in five minutes we're going to chat with John Cohen the athletic director of Mississippi State coming off the Egg Bowl victory his team's got a chance to go to a bowl we'll talk about the bowl stuff and ask him a little bit about how as an athletics director you know he's a former coach but as an AD how you go through the whole evaluation process football coach any coach for that matter. There's somebody who's been in on both sides of it. So we'll talk about that with John coming up in just a bit. Have time, though, to get you in on the show and, of course, the rest of the hour today to finish it up. Hour number two, y'all take your texts, your phone calls, and your tweets. I'm Radio Wyatt on Twitter. Text line 885-ESPN or 885-3776. And, of course, give me a shout on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Love to hear your voice today. 995-1059. That is a 601 number. 995-1059. So feel free to give me a call. Like I said, we'll get John on the phone here in uh, just a bit. Let's see here. Ghost Texture says, as a football fan from the state, I think the state and Ole Miss fans just feel annoyed because both programs seem to be going backwards. We were both getting where we were a relevant game with the upper echelon of the conference. Now, whether it's coaching changes or sanctions, we're both just aggravated and taking out on anyone we can that we aren't where we feel like we should be. And, uh, yeah, I would say that that's an okay place to be. What you don't want is to be in a position – as a team, as a program, as a university, as a leadership, and as a fan base. So the whole ball of wax involved with a football team, you don't want to have a situation where those, everyone involved just goes, oh, well, could have been worse. I'm just glad we won more than two. 
don't want more than three. That's just where we're supposed to be. You don't want that. You want people to look at it and go, man, we can win the whole thing. And unless we do, we're not really going to be happy with it. That's okay. That's part of it. And I think criticism is okay as long as it doesn't become personal with coaches and players. Criticism's fine, too. Hey, Matt, that was a horrible pass. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> hey, Matt, that's the worst interception I've ever seen. Yeah, okay. Hey, Matt, you're an idiot. Now, hold on a minute. Let's step outside. You see what I mean? Like, there's a difference there. But I think you're right. Yeah, there's just, look, fans want to win. They want to be relevant. They want to move forward. You don't want to go backwards. That's, that's okay. That's good. Expectations are good. The conversation is good. As long as it doesn't become, you know, something that deteriorates, you know, that's fine. The Madison mailman on the text line said, I have a letter my grandmother gave her, uh, gave from her great uncle that he wrote on the walk home back from Vicksburg during the Civil War. Really? You have the letter, mailman? Like, I want to see, just send me a picture. I just want to see it. So a relative who was at the siege of Vicksburg, and then he wrote it on a walk back home. That's really interesting. I'd love to see that. I'm always fascinated with all that kind of stuff. And let's see, uh, Nick, one more war story. Nick says, my grandfather received a bronze star in the Battle of the Bulge for hopping in an ammunition truck that was on fire, driving it away from his unit while under gunfire. And he'd never talk about the war either. Yeah, I had that experience too. My grandfather wouldn't talk too much about it. I mean, I was a kid. I, I was young when he passed away. I was like 10 years old when he died. But, you know, so as a small kid, he wasn't going to talk a lot of certainly stuff that went on in World War II that he saw. But uh, my family, including my mother, they did talk to him and record a lot of his thoughts once uh, where he kind of, you know, just spilled it out. And it was pretty rough. You think about the stuff they went through. It's uh, a level of toughness that a lot of us, frankly, will just never be able to understand or achieve because, you know, thankfully we won't go through some of the stuff they went through. All right. So let's flip it back over. Let's do this now on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. John Cohen joining us now on your radio in the Farm Bureau studio. John, I uh, hope your Thanksgiving was good and you ate a little turkey and dressing, even though I know you're a health nut. Did you, did you overeat? Tell the truth. I wouldn't say I'm a health nut. I wish I was a health nut. I'm married to a health nut, you know. But uh, yeah, we we had 28 people at the Cohen household who had wow. a great Thanksgiving and bust them all to uh, Davis Wade Stadium and uh, and uh, I think all had a great time. Um, John, what what was life like for you? I mean, outside of and not getting into just yet the whole making a decision and talking and evaluating coaches and stuff like that. But just what was life like for you after that extra point for Ole Miss missed and state won the ball game? Yeah. You know, I, I guess I still, and I have to admit this, Matt, I still look at it from a coaching perspective. Um, of, of course you're happy to win the game. I, I, and maybe some of our fans would kill me for saying this, but I, I, I felt bad for the kid who missed the kick, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, it, it kind of changes his life. And, you know, the kid who made a mistake who got the penalty, I mean, 
I, I feel bad for the kid. Is it a huge mistake? Yes. Can we tolerate those things? No, we cannot. Uh, was he correct to get a penalty? Absolutely. But, you know, Matt, you, you were that age and I was that age and, and kids make mistakes. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I hate for it to come down to that, but, uh, are, are we happy we won the football game? Absolutely. I thought our football team, our staff, and our head coach came out with a sense of urgency. Um, and, and, you know, that, that more than anything is something that, that I think is very important to evaluate is how badly people want something to happen. And there was no doubt that I felt like our players and our staff and our head coach, they, they just wanted that game more than their opponent, in my opinion. Yeah. And Joe said yesterday here on the show that, I think the quote that he said was kind of a broad statement, but he said, yeah, you know, that, that Egg Bowl brings out the best in our guys, um, in all of our guys. And, you know, I also felt like Willie Gay and Marcus Murphy being on the field on that defense brought the best out in everybody. Because that defense, John, had as much energy and and kind of flying around, shot out of a cannon-ness as they've had at any point this year, I thought. You gotta, and again, fans won't like me saying this, but you gotta give Ole Miss some credit. They put up some offensive numbers against some pretty good defenses. They put up good numbers against LSU. They put up good numbers against Auburn and, and Alabama. They played well offensively against those teams. But boy, I thought we had a great game plan. Um, you know, Plumlee's one of those really special athletes. If you let him loose, he can beat you in a hurry. And we just kept him contained. We didn't let him get it to the outside. We forced him back in the middle where there was help. And I just thought we had a really good game plan. Uh, all the way around. Yeah. John Cohen on your radio right now, athletic director of Mississippi State. And so, uh, obviously, we got the news earlier this week, John, that, uh, you know, there's no change. Joe Moorhead's going to keep on keeping on head coach. Uh, Mississippi State is out recruiting, that kind of thing. And and I guess without getting into specifics on that, which really wouldn't be fair to you or him, what I'm curious is for you, having been a former coach, having been a coach, so you sit on one side of the table on like postseason evaluations. Now you're the AD, so now you're sitting on the other side of the table on postseason evaluations. What are those meetings like? Um, I, I think they're really good. Um, I I love surrounding myself with really smart people, and Joe Moorhead is a really smart guy. Um, very fortunate, Mississippi State, that we have really good coaches who are good people, work really hard at it. Um, I, I, I've used this reference a lot, and, and again, I, I don't know how people feel about me saying this, but I'm just going to say it. In year two with Vic Schaefer, I, I remember running around the Coliseum and watching them practice when I was the baseball coach. And even though I knew they weren't as talented as a lot of their opponents, and even though I knew they probably weren't going to win a ton of games in year two, I knew I knew what the plan was, and I knew – that Vic Schaefer is going to be successful. Now, if you'd have told me he was going to play for a national championship two years in a row and win the SEC two years in a row and, and all those good, I, I don't know if I would have known that, but you could see it happening because Vic was doing everything he could to, to bring championships to Mississippi State. Um, I, I think Joe Moorhead's effort is as good as any coach I've ever been around. When you look at what he does from a recruiting standpoint, making contact by himself on his own with every single recruit it starts early in the morning and it and it, and it finishes late at night um I, I just the effort he put into it the preparation he's put into it um there, there's no doubt in my mind that he deserves to have success now it doesn't always happen mm. 
but he's putting himself in a position to be successful. And, uh, yeah, so I've had great conversations with, with uh, he and, and several of our coaches. Um, I think communication is very important, and I think it's always important to, to let our coaches know what our expectation is. And most of the time, the expectation of our coaches is, you know, is higher higher than, than any administrator. So um, I, I think Joe is in a really good place mentally, and, you know, again, they're, they're getting after it from a recruiting standpoint and, and getting ready for a huge bowl game, our 10th in a row. John, and stuff like that, how much weight does it hold? How much weight and how much do you consider how players feel about a coach? How much does that actually play into decisions? Well, you know, it's tough because when you're talking about the psychological makeup of a, a group of uh, 18 to 22 year olds. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I always hesitate when I hear people say, you know, hey, the kids really like this person or they don't like this person. You know, <laughs> kids don't always like being pushed to their limits. You know that. Mm-hmm. Matt, I mean, when you, when you were playing football at Mississippi State and you had those moments in the weight room or, or, or whatever, you're going, man, this ain't fun and I don't like it. But you then you turn 30 years old one day and you go, oh, I got it. So mm-hmm. really, the, you know, the, the indicators from the players themselves aren't always – the most reliable because they, they, they don't know what else to compare it to at some point in time. But you do need the guy up top who's going to put them in a position to be successful, uh, who is going to push them and, and make sure that they are ready to outcompete their opponent. Because let's, let's be real honest here. At Mississippi State, it's going to be hard for us in the SEC West to just flat out at, out talent people. We're going to have to, have to out effort people. We're going to have to have a chip on our shoulder. And, and, and that's what I love the most about Mississippi State and love the most about our fans, quite frankly. Our fans have to work a little harder. they got to drive a little further to get here than in other SEC places. Uh, we got to make a little bit more noise. we got to bring our cowbells. Um, we have to out-compete people. And I love that anthem. anthem. I, I love that approach. So that's what our expectation is for football. Uh, moving forward, and and that's our expectation, quite frankly, for every sport we have at Mississippi State. John Cohen on your radio right now. He's the Athletics Director of Mississippi State. Follow him on Twitter at JohnCohenAD. So now it's bowl time, and lots of speculation getting kicked up dust everywhere on every you know website and you know group text and everything. John, people want to know where they should plan their holidays for um, about different bowls. How's that process going, by the way? Yeah, I think I don't have any indication from the league yet. They, they really don't make you aware of anything until next Sunday, and they, they really can't. You know, of course, um, the, the football rankings that come out today uh, will actually indicate some things for us as well. But, okay. you know, is it Charlotte? Just looking at it logically, is it Charlotte? Is it Nashville? <laughs> is it, uh, you know, Houston? Um, you know, may, maybe just a, a tiny sliver of a chance that it could be Memphis, but, you know, maybe some crazy scenarios would have to happen, uh, for, for that to happen. But, uh, anyway, I, 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 listen, our, our kids with what they did down the stretch in our season deserve this opportunity. Our staff deserves this opportunity. We're going to our 10th straight bowl and wherever it is, this is not going to be a vacation. Uh, that's another thing coach. Forehead and I had a real serious discussion about, and and he absolutely mentioned this before I had a chance to. 
We are going to this bowl to get better and to win a bowl game. We're, we're, we're no longer at the stage where it's the, the vacation and we mix in some football. This is a work trip. It's a business trip. And every one of our football players knows it and every one of our football staff knows it. So, um, I expect the same kind of effort out of our football program, um, in this bowl game as, as we got, uh, in preparation for, uh, the egg bowl. When, um, you were coaching. Obviously, you had a keen understanding of experience and reps and what it meant for young players. From a football perspective, we always hear that, John, about these bowl games because there's so many of them now. It was 48 bowl games, so we always hear about how that's the biggest advantage in this. What premium do you put on it as an AD? Would you put on it as the head coach on younger players just getting another month of practice? You know, that's a really good question, Matt, and you might be able to answer that question better than I could, but it seems like to me, you know, when you get out of school and you're practicing, you know, the the 20-hour work week um, is really difficult when you mix that in with school and with weights and with uh, tutoring and with obligations you have in the community. When you're just practicing and you don't have any of those other commitments, you can slow down and really isolate some things that you – need to get better at i i mean that's one of the, the people think that 20 hours a week of practice is a lot it's really it's not a lot you know when you consider the fact that you, you're really working so hard to you know to polish your craft you know mm-hmm. to to get better at, at the little things that make you a better athlete so i i just love the fact that you can work really hard but can kind of slow down a little bit and, and really hone in on those things that matter the most yeah technique and kind of get back to fundamentals and even do a little more strength and conditioning. Yeah, I mean, that do you agree you feel that way too? Because, you know, I don't know, Matt. What's your take on that? Yeah, I would say that I, I, the practice reps, you know, are certainly huge. Um, but I would say also, you know, the opportunity to just focus on football. You know what I mean? Like, right. And right. If, we ha- if we have two practices in a day or a workout in a practice, one of those I can go strictly fundamental and the other one I can do football – and 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 you can't do that in November or October because no. you know I'm taking 18 hours in between all that you know so I think that's a big thing for me. I, I absolutely isolating the things that make you a better football player. You're right. Yeah, it, it's like individual skill work versus the the team stuff. I, I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, and and last thing, John. So next Sunday, is that when we will all find out? officially like the university will say here's where the bowl game is or it'll be on tv like how do we find all that out yeah well, there'll probably be some discussions maybe as late as saturday night maybe okay or probably more like early sunday morning okay you know there, there there's some things within the system to where there has to be some agreement you know there's the agreement from the school there has to be agreement from the league agreement from the bowl um dr keenan and myself are involved with that so um yeah we, we uh we'll know on sunday and and uh, and again, certainly, this is a business trip, and we're we're looking forward to going and and uh, competing our hearts out for Mississippi State. All right, John. Hey, listen, thanks, and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Hey, you feeling any better? Oh yeah, I'm, I got a shot in the rear end this morning, and I'm starting to feel pretty good. They tell me I'll be awake all night tonight, so I may be like posting videos on Twitter at midnight. But you'll know the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. I hope you feel better, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon.
Yes, sir. That's John Cohen, Athletics Director of Mississippi State, at John Cohen AD. And I was talking to him uh, early this morning, and I said, you know, John, I'd like to get you on the show, but I'm going to have to get back to you because I'm not sure I'm going to be on the show today. And, and Roger, look, I'll be honest with you. I talked to him probably at like 8 a.m. this morning, and at that time there was no way I could have done a two-hour radio show. Was he just coughing or what? You just name it. (laughs) Just name it, man. You you didn't tell him you got it from me, did you? No, I didn't tell him that. (laughs) Um, And and so, you know, you don't know. Well, look, man, this shot they gave me has already got me feeling better. I have have progressed like 50% just since we started this radio show. So hey, you haven't had to cough one time. Not one time. In the first hour, I did. But in I the should have gone hour, to the doctor two weeks ago. You should have gone and gotten the shot. Hey, let me tell you what this experience was like, too, Roger. So she walks in. I see the needle. It's a big thing. She tells me what's in there. And I said, okay, give me a second. I said, I'm going to text my wife because she knows all this medicine. I want her to know what's in it. So I texted her. And she immediately texts me back. And she goes, oh, that's, that's a good shot. It'll work for you, but it's really going to hurt. Well, the lady gives me the shot, and I'm like a five-year-old kid. I said, have you already given me the shot? She said, yeah. I said, I don't even feel it. I never even oh, felt it. It doesn't hurt at all. Oh, yeah. And then I Give sat down. I sat down, and I was like, it's not even hurting. Five minutes later, I was laid down on the table going, ow! Oh! Oh, man! Woo! Well, just shoot up in here amongst us. One of us got to have some relief. Well, I got some relief, Jerry. All right. Just getting started. Hour two. Y'all stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio with Mass Communicate. We ain't one at a time in here. We're Mass Communicating. Oh, yes. That's a powerful new force. Mm-hmm. Take a leg, Junior. <laughs> one of the greatest character actors of our time. Oh, Papio Daniel. Had his britches pulled up all the way up around his fat belly. You know, his belt cinched just enough to hold it on there. That's what he was doing. Out there courting the electorate. You don't tell your pappy how to court the electorate. Ain't trying to make no record. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. <laughs> Is my esteemed opponent in the upcoming Homer Stokes. Tell him about it. Yeah, Homer Stokes. Stokes. Boo! It sounded to me like he was harboring some kind of hateful grudge against the soggy bottom boys on account of their rough and rowdy past. What? Come on! Looks like... Homer Stokes is the kind of fella who wants to cast the first stone. Uh-uh, no. Well, I'm a new folks. <laughs> I'm a forgive and forget Christian. Yeah. And I say, if their rambunctiousness Come and on. misdemeanoring is Come behind on. them, it is, ain't it, boys? Uh, yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> well, then I say, by the power vested in me, these boys is hereby pardoned. Hey! Come on! 
We pardon them soggy bottom boys. That's what I'm talking about. Good music in that movie. No question about it. Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Subscribe to them on YouTube. New content there and new content coming on YouTube from Divinity Equipment in Madison. So check them out. On the Divinity phone right now is Don. What's up, Don? Hey, man, that's my favorite man. What's up? I wish, I wish you had asked. Uh, I wish you had asked Perry Telford, and I'd like to ask you for for your opinion on the rumor that is circulating that Matt Luke found out via Twitter that he had been terminated. I'm not sure I buy that. What are your thoughts on that? Thank you. Uh, yeah, Don. Listen, thanks for bringing that up. I would say this. I don't buy it either until Matt Luke looks right at me and says, hey, I found out on Twitter. Nobody even called me because I just can't believe that those kinds of things uh, are, you know, still happen. I, I know they have a few times in the past. And to me, Don, the only thing that makes any logical sense for that to happen is there's a contentious situation. There's been a war of words or something, you know, between the boss and the employee or the, the hirer and the firer, and they hired and the fired, you know, unless there's been some type of fight where you would purposely let it just get out. We're going to fire you, and we're just going to tell everybody else to heck with when you find out. You know, I mean, it just things don't happen that way. Um, Maybe via text, you know, I don't know. Well, wouldn't you think that given the fact that they were able to, from what accounts we've heard, negotiate, yeah, you know, an extra couple of years to pay him out. Yeah, that 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 wasn't contentious. I mean, he he could have held him. You know, sure, he could have just held his ground there. And I think I would just think Matt, you Love know, Matt and Keith, Matt, Luke and Keith Carter are two guys that went to school there. Roger, that's exactly right. That's their school. You know, and you know, I look at my school. You know, me and my relationship to my school, and it's always there. It's things could happen you could get mad at somebody but you're never going to just completely burn every bridge you've got back to your alma mater and you know I also think for both those guys for Keith Carter and for Matt Luke they are guys who wore the uniform and played at a very high level on successful teams for their university and in order to do that you must have a mindset of team first and school first you're going to sacrifice a lot of things personally to do what's best for the team, for the school, and represent the school the way because you care about that entity. You do. And so that's not going to change in this situation. And they wouldn't have done anything like that. I just think, and they understand it too, you know, from a, a personal standpoint. It could have been a thing, for all I know, it could have been a thing where they did that, Roger. They went through that kind of negotiation. No decision had been really stamped yet and Matt was like well look until y'all make a decision I gotta go to work because if you do decide to keep me I, I don't want to be playing catch up on the recruiting trail we gotta go talk to these people so let me know you know I mean I could see that happening because <laughs> a lot of times you know you may be on the outs on the job that you're currently in but we probably ought to have the awareness that what we are doing in our last few days and weeks on this job will also make an impression on our future employer. 
as well, and that's part of it. I want to read you something, Don, that I posted on my LinkedIn and Facebook pages. And I mentioned this yesterday. Now, this is kind of reading it, but it's really short. It just said regarding the football players, you know, storming out of meetings where the coach has been fired, this was the message. You are not in charge. Everything in life has a chain of command. Always has. Always will. Have a chain of command. Part of any successful organization has to be definition of roles. Handing out defined roles. And then the people with the number one ability, number two responsibility, number three humility to fill those roles at all times. Why? For the betterment of the team. Because it's what's best for us. Regardless of what it means to me. And then that saying that selfishness ruins everything every time. And so what I say is any place, any university, with all of its athletic programs, ought to be shooting for a very old-fashioned idea and culture. One that revolves around the people who are in charge are in charge. The people who are paid to make decisions, make decisions. And those of us who are, you know, for whatever we're given, whether it's scholarship or whatever, who are expected to fill our role, starting quarterback, punter, backup quarterback, shut my mouth. I'm going to use my ability. I'm going to be responsible. and I'm going to be humble. And I'm going to fill my role because it's what my team needs. And I may not like decisions that are being made, and I may not agree with them, but I think when you have a bunch of your players who storm out of the meeting where the AD is telling you what's happening and that you're going to have a coaching change, they storm out, they don't let him finish, they leave the meeting. Many of them talked to many of them talked to the media, which they should not have done. Those are behaviors that shouldn't happen. Guys, I know they're 19, 20, 21 years old, but they've got to be a little bit more responsible and mature than that. And that tells me that you just didn't have the right culture. And there are under other indications you didn't have the right culture. It doesn't mean they're bad people. No, it's not what we're saying at all. I'm not saying that the coach is a bad person. We're just saying the culture wasn't right. There's got to be a culture of respect for people who are in authority. Now, that statement right there is not very 2019, is it? It's not very 2019 to say that a team of athletes need to have respect for people in authority. But I'm telling you, every winning team has a respect for people in authority. You want to lose? Fine, throw that out the window. But if you want to win, you better embrace that. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
Back on the show. <laughs> I'm Matt. Hey, give me that Cartman Respect My Authority again one more time, Roger. Respect Let me... My Authority! <laughs> I love that. I don't know why, but I really do love that. Don't let your kids watch South Park. Okay? It's not for kids, just because it's a cartoon. Finish or it up. Or my... some Butthead, too. Yeah, that one, too. Or Family Guy. And those are the good stuff you can't let them watch. Bob's Burgers is pretty funny now. If you yeah, haven't seen funny. that, check that out. I'm finishing I watch up it my strictly for cultural literacy. Attaboy. I'm finishing up my coffee, Roger. I just got a new supply from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Now I thought you'd find this interesting. Dan the coffee man, High Point Roasters in New Albany. Dan goes all over the world and buys coffee beans wherever they grow them brings them back and roasts them and sells them out of his shop there in new albany and so he sent me a couple that were new uh flavors or, or new type of roasts new type of beans that he hasn't tried before these are brand new and listen to these names roger the one i, I went ahead and made some uh-huh. ethiopia yirgachev misty valley g1 natural the other one Ethiopia. is the other one. Yeah, the other one is from Rwanda. A slimming coffee. <laughs> Rwanda, Marajo, Bumbogo, washed. Okay, and that's the two kinds that I have. All right, washed. so this this Ethiopian Misty Valley. The washed coffees of Yirgacheff have long been prized for their delicate tea-like aromatics and clean citrus flavor. Uh, the Misty Valley is a prime example of the fruitiness, complexity, and character of these natural Yirgacheff coffees. In the cup, the Misty Valley truly delivers a perfumed floral aroma. I noticed that <clears throat> leads into a crisp and complex fruit basket flavor. <laughs> and coffee. Man, it's good. The You have to really be in a... a aficionado to be able to Tell catch the all those nuances in the flavor. I, I'm telling you, if you smelled it, you would notice. Me and citrus and coffee, I couldn't pick that out. The Bumbogo Coffee Washing Station is today run by the Nasa Trading Company, close partners of the Murajo Trading Company. It was built in January 20, uh, 2017 in Gaginki, a district in Rwanda's northern province known for its high-quality coffee. I, and here's the all the information about these new um, blends they have. I'm going to put those PDFs on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash radio. I'll get that on there for you. Well, it's, it's really good to good. hear something positive coming out of Rwanda or Ethiopia because I know, it's always I, been a bad news. Well, I have to ask. I'm going to have to ask Dan, did you go there? Okay, yeah. listen, I, I really have house cleaning to do because I don't want to leave. I got. Eric and Nails and the mailman and Tim and Kevin and Ken and Jr. and Greg and Bull and Tyler and Jason and a couple of ghost texters to get to. So I'm going to do that. But I first want to tell you, uh, Roger in the break brought up John Bond. And he tweeted something that is really cool. Uh, he tweeted this yesterday. So go look at his timeline. He is John Bond 1313. And it says, let's raise some money for a great cause. Go dogs. And it's an Instagram post from Robert St. John, the chef. He's 
known worldwide, travels the world, but he's from right here in Mississippi. Great guy in Hattiesburg, restaurant owner. And Robert St. John posted, Mississippi football legends dinner, a private five-course dinner with Brett Favre, Archie Manning, John Bond, and Rick Cleveland. You and three of your friends in the Purple Parrot, all for a great cause, extra table. Extra table is a charity in the Hattiesburg area. They identify people who simply can't feed themselves. They don't have the money or they have too many kids at whatever, and they feed them. Online bidding will begin at 5 a.m. on December the 16th and close at 8 p.m. that same day. It'd be a great Christmas gift. He's right. Go um, look for Extra Table on Instagram or Facebook for more details. That's the name of the charity, Extra Table, and it is a Mississippi football legends dinner. You go have dinner with Rick Cleveland, John Bond, Archie Manning, and Brett Favre. It's a heck of a deal for you, and I hope you'll take advantage of that. All right, so here we go. Machine Gun. The real Eric on the text line says, Houston Nutt was also fired from Arkansas. Kind of reverses the thought that he was a proven head coach. No, no. Once you've proved yourself as a head coach, you're proven. Now, you may slide off the other side of that hill, (laughs) the mudslide, but you were up there at one point. Let's see. What did I miss here, Tim? Matt, you said, my descendant, Eugene Caston, CSA, that would be Confederate States of America. You can Google it. Uh, it was in Woods Cavalry, fought at Vicksburg, buried in Camden, 19 miles north. He he uh, made it home in, in 1865. My cousin has his revolver that he fought with. Check out the Confederate grave registry. Really neat. Holy cow, you've got a revolver that a relative and an ancestor fought with in the Civil War? Are you kidding me? I mean, wow. that's like, there is no, it, it's priceless. Go to Pawn Stars and see what that's worth. <laughs> it's priceless, Roger. Well, good. Um, Got a lot of things that are pricey. And Mailman, listen, I'm looking priceless. I'm looking forward to this, Roger. He's going to send us a picture of the letter uh, that his, un- his grandmother's great uncle wrote as he went home from Vicksburg in the Civil War. Just, that stuff fascinates me. Nails says, get out the big checkbook for Lynch. Swing. You talking about Leach? You talking about Mike Leach? Well, swing the sword makes me think. That's what I'm thinking. He says swing the the big sword. Yeah. Retain Corral. Move Plumley to the Welker-Edelman type player with passing trick plays in the bag. Man, I'll tell you, as much of an athlete as he is, it's downright travesty if you don't do some kind of trick play with him, right? This says, come on, Matt, do you really support playing kids who cheat? What are we talking about there? Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. That's from another ghost texter. I don't remember what we discussed early on. Playing kids who cheat. Yeah, I'm lost. What are we talking about? I just I don't know what would have brought that up. The kids that got that didn't play this this season. Did you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's what it was. I was interviewing. Maybe John. misunderstood something you were making a point on. Well, I brought it up to John Cohen. I said, John, it certainly made a difference. The energy level it seemed with Willie Gay and Marcus Murphy out on the field for State's defense. Maybe that's what it was. All right, I got to go quick. Ghost text. Well, Matt, the Rebels are about to be on what? Their fifth coach to just our second in 11 years? Boy, that's stability. Nope. Nope. Not stability. Uh, The opposite. 
in fact. Kevin says, I'm looking for an investor to help start a transfer portal consulting consulting service. Expedite the transfer process for these unhappy athletes. Any takers? <laughs> Ghost Texture says, the baptism scene in Old Brother Where Art There was filmed on the same farm that I metal detected on in Vicksburg. Mac! What? Come on. <laughs> you telling the truth. That's like a fishing spot. Matt wants to know where it is. When I hang up when I hang up from this radio show, I'm calling my man here in Vicksburg, and I want the details because that is awesome. Wish I'd known it. Would that would would the would that have been the the big black river that they did the scene in? Well, I don't know where they did or the, the Black scene Warrior in. River. Both That's those a, are over there. Well, well, but so the baptism scene, I'd have to look up where it was done. I just don't know it where. It was done in a, you know, water was moving. Yeah. Ken says, uh, Matt, will all hands be on deck for the bowl game? Yes. Everybody's eligible for a bowl game. JR says, things do happen. You do remember Billy Brewer sued Ole Miss? Yeah. I guess stranger things have happened. Get the money involved. And... Hey, but look, lawyers, they don't look at lawsuits like it's a contentious thing. We just... If I can get your money, I'm just supposed to get it, right? Is he going to get paid if he gets a, goes back to work? Let's uh, – When do we know that yet? I'm asking you questions. Who's that, Roger? Who? No, I'm not – Luke. Matt Luke. Oh, yeah. that A lot of times it will offset a lot of your buyout stuff if you go get gainful employment, right? That kind of thing. I don't know what the language is in there. Rebel Greg says, Matt Luke uh, – does Matt Luke end up reuniting with David Cutcliffe at Duke? I put the percentage above 60%. It would make sense for Matt. Uh, Bull said, I told you after the Auburn game that he didn't have control when a player gets a dumb personal foul and he said nothing to him. Bull, I remember you did text that. For sure you did. Ghost texter, the people in charge are the reason Ole Miss is in the situation they're in. They already have lost multiple recruits behind it. Tyler says, you just described Georgia under Mark Richt. They were known for it. It was the Georgia way. This winning is all that matters, and transfer portals make that harder to obtain. Jason says, uh, make it clear for the millennials. There is a cold, hard line in the sand between respecting authority and following legal orders. Illegal. One, oh, illegal orders. One doesn't impl imply absolute servitude, as today's young people seem to believe. That is a good point. And let's see. Uh Matt says, how about the innovative fair catch after Elijah Moore caught the punt? Should have asked Parrish Alford. Oh, yeah, the innovative fair catch. Well, he just singled after he caught it instead of before he caught it. <laughs> okay, the strong river and D'Lo. That was the baptism scene. For some reason, I was expecting a okay. closer to Vicksburg. <laughs> oh, I got, the, I got the details right here. I'm looking at the details from my contact in Vicksburg. Man, that's awesome. All right. It's going to be on, ain't it? It's on, Roger. You can come too. Let's do it. Going back up. That's all you're That's it. Bring your snake pistol. All right. See you tomorrow, Roger. Y'all tune in. Same time, same place tomorrow. See you. See you. You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.